Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancelled for Minutes podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-second relief in your day that can possibly prevent a mishap. My name is Six. I'm MVP. And our third co-host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio and making sure that our faces stay fit for radio. So in our intro, we said like we hope to give you that split seconds relief that can hopefully prevent a mishap. We've been noticing ourselves from the areas that we were at and other places, how mishaps have been slowly becoming more prominent. I'm not sure if it's more uh, occurring, but the ones that do occur, it's pretty intense, right? Yeah, they've been occurring more frequently it seems but also equally what's the word i'm looking for equally ignored discarded um kind of swept under the rug mm-hmm. not met with the intensity that it should be yeah you know yep choose which one you like yeah and we're, and we're talking so we're not talking like like a dude got his fingers crushed or something like that or uh a screwdriver went through a dude's forearm, which has happened. But we're talking like some serious ones, like props, uh, prop strikes, both animals and people, uh, engine ingestion. Yeah. Engine ingestions, uh, both fought and people, um, guy, people falling off the top end of an aircraft, all sorts of stuff, right. Or backing the tug into a plane, which freaking shatters a landing gear, all kinds of stuff like that. Right. Uh, backing the tug into a person and the hitch smashes their leg or actually in one instance went straight through the leg. Ooh, yes. Uh, Imagine, imagine a hitch for a tow bar that's on the back of a tug going straight through your thigh. That's happened everybody. And that was only about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, or not, not where we were at, but you know, we saw the, saw the, uh, aftermath and and read the report yeah not not a fun time right so it's no secret that aircraft are some of the largest most complex pieces of machinery like probably in in human history ever right we use aviation for all sorts of things traveling transporting goods transporting all sorts of stuff right so when these things run they run when they run smoothly it's freaking it's smooth as ice, right? It looks chaotic, but it, everything in its place, everything in its in its appointed place of duty, right? And all this is kept up by this unspoken symphony of maintenance, of operations, pilots, all all personnel play a key role in all of this working just right, right? And everyone has their note to play and everyone has to play their note when they when they need to. It's when little things go to the wayside for whatever reason or another, it upsets the symphony and it in turn like has this waterfall effect of just sending the it whole turns from harmonics into a symphony of destruction. Yes. Yes. Right. And the key word, which again is no surprise to make all of this run is safety. <laughs> we can we can admit to our, uh, amongst ourselves that safety is probably it's one of the most critical, 
but also as we said before it's one of the most uh, or one of the least emphasized right or taken seriously yeah and, well you hear people say it safety third yeah like safe we're not here about safe we just want to get it done and get it moving or get it fixed and get it moving that's it we we kind of get complacent about all these safety measures that are around and every safety officer out there or a safety rep, they're probably like nodding their heads saying, yes, absolutely. Every single time I'm beating my head against the wall because of just how unsafe everything is. <laughs> yeah. Or how brazen people are at ignoring the safety protocols and procedures. Yeah. And we've seen instances where people will straight up bypass safety protocols and procedures just to gain some kind of advantage in whatever it is the hell they're doing. Like, I want to bypass safety procedures to push forward with a test. I want to bypass procedures to gain some time on this maintenance or operation or whatever the case may be. It sounds stupid. It really, and, and realistically saying it out loud, it really is stupid. But it happens more often than we want it to. And this kind of plays into the whole human factors of the of the of things, right? Like what causes people to want to just n- not do them, right? You would think like something horrific, like losing your fingers, or worst case scenario, losing your life, would be fear enough to make sure that it doesn't happen. But here we are, <laughs> and I remember there was a time, or it may still happen, but I don't see it as prominent now. There were there was a a set of issues or causes that laid out what um, can lead to an unsafe condition, and in, in most uh, aviation individuals, we were we know this as the dirty dozen, right? Mm-hmm. And and this one, it's it sounds dumb. That you have to keep uh, keep learning this over and over and over annually, semi-annually, quarterly, monthly, sometimes bi-weekly about this stuff. It gets beat into your head so much. And sometimes there, there's a point where you regurgitate it in your sleep. But the emphasis on this or the importance of this is pretty much will make the difference between you walking away the same way you came in or you walking away in a way that you'd never wanted to <laughs> as sad as that sounds. Uh, I'll, I'll bre- right. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, right. It's uh, you say, Oh yeah, that's an annual recurring training. Well, look, uh, dirty doesn't wouldn't even exist if, if it wasn't a recurring issue in our industry and not just our industry, lots of industries, but we're here for aviation. So in our industry and yes, there's inherent dangers in everything we do. But that's where we say take that extra moment for your situation awareness, really understand what you're doing and know and know the, you know, read through your in your maintenance manuals, right? Some of them have cautions uh, and warning notes in there. Read those. They're there for a reason. Yep. And so, like, uh, I'm just going to breeze through, like, the dirty dozen, which, surprise, it's 12 things. <laughs> uh, lack of communication, distraction lack of resources, stress, complacency, lack of teamwork, 
pressure, lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, fatigue, lack of assertiveness. And here, here's my favorite one, the norm. The norm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, right? So that, that's, that's quite a bit, right? And it sounds like common sense shit. Like, communicate what you see. Don't be distracted on the line or doing anything dangerous. Have the stuff that you need to do it exactly as you need to do it, right? Um, don't be complacent. Work a, work as a team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But a lot of this stuff, it, it kind of compounds itself. It doesn't just say like, I'm going to freely choose to not work as a team today. It's usually like a, a breakdown of something or it is like a, an overage of something negative that just compounds you into doing other th- or into other things. Like for example, is stress, right? When you're stressed, right. when, you're, when you're stressed the fuck out, your brain is like nowhere near at, in the capacity that it needs to focus to do what you need to do. And when you're stressed out, uh, things like uh, add up faster than they should, or things uh, become more hazy. And uh, uh, this another one's pressure. When you're being pressured. And for having such a dynamic environment, success means everything, right? If we don't make this flight, we don't get revenue. If we don't make this flight, we miss the mission. If this doesn't get installed at the right time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we spoke many episodes about this, of how pressure adds up and how like, because of that dynamic environment, certain individuals or certain groups want you to do things to the point where it's no questions asked, right? The and, and some will even argue that the quantity of out, of output uh, outweighs the quality of work. Yeah, which uh, which I would challenge anybody who came to me with that. Yep. Oh and, no, no, no. We've we've output ten. To, you know, we don't worry about quality because our output's ten times over capacity. Yeah, but everything you've output is utter shit so we're actually at zero mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah uh or, or another one for pressure uh just since it kind of sparked a memory in my head is uh pressure against yourself right like say you're brand new or you're new to a certain role or um you're just that kind of person that doesn't like to fail so you put all this added weight on yourself to uh make things happen to make it happen right so you start uh taking on things that are too much for you to handle. Um, you start absorbing other people's problems so they can air quotes work better. Um, mm-hmm. You try well, to- What's the saying? Uh, what's the saying? Uh, something back during World War II, but it was basically like all atrocities started with good intentions, right? Yep. yep. Um, and I want to tie in, sorry to cut you off, because I want to tie into the norms real, real quick. Uh, you've heard us say it many times. We've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. So you've always been wrong then, you know? Yep. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, continue on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No worries, man. And then that kind of goes together, right? So like say, uh, like trying to save face, that's a total, that's a no- another pressure, right? Like, hey, you know, we're just, tr- I'm trying to do better for the shop or I'm trying to maintain the shop status or something like that, right? Or uh you're trying to promote superpowers that don't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can yeah, get you're that. You're trying to go super saiyan, but you're made of a wet blanket. Yeah. You know, like I can get this done in 10 minutes. Okay. 10 minutes go like, Whoa, not 10 actual minutes. <laughs> um, and then uh, again with the norms, right? 
This is how we've always done it. This is how I did it in my old shop. It's worked for us so far, right? Those are the ones that drive me absolutely insane because that the norms pretty much baseline everything. And that kind of goes into the sweeping it under the rug part that MVP mentioned earlier in the episode, right? Like, we're, like uh, there was a saying, I remember one inspector told me once, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it just meant like, it meant it went something to the effect like when you slack off, it becomes normal. And then when that normal, and when slacking off becomes normal, you start slopping off on other things. And then that becomes the normal. And it just kind of waterfalls from that point on, right? So these work these workplace practices, either positive or negative, it's going to, it's going to attach itself over time. And it's under often under the influence of some kind of workplace culture, whatever that is, right? We get things done all the time, every time. We always volunteer for the hard stuff, you know, retreat, hell, whatever, <laughs> you know? And they can be good. Don't get me wrong. There's some stuff here, the workplace practices that are amazing. And then there's also the bad ones, which is what we were talking about, the way things are done. Uh, unfortunately, these practices are usually like some tribal knowledge stuff. It's never anything written or it's air quote written, but it's not it practice the way that it's supposed to be. If anyone can relate to this or like uh, they deviate from whatever their instructions or whatever their, their policies say, because if we were to uh, do these policies, it would take more time. And the more time we take, it's not going to meet the demand. So we, we, we take the worst, the, the less evil of the two, and then just go for the making the schedule. And then that trickles down effect, as we mentioned. <laughs> and yeah, not a, not a fun time. <laughs> so, <laughs> But uh, the, again, with these dirty dozen stuff, there's a whole bunch of stuff and some of the very common sense. These ones are the ones that very prominently stack, stick out to us. And the the ones that that uh, you would think would be no-brainers, like uh, lack of knowledge. Like, well, this person doesn't know how to do it. Why the fuck are they out there doing it? Well, for one, it might be because they're the only person there, <laughs> right? Or they're the only person there at the time. And... They don't have like that, that personal courage or that stoicism to draw that line that says, hey, no, I do not know what the hell I'm doing with this. Or it's been a long ass time since I've done something like this. I don't feel comfortable doing whatever it is you told me to do. Or Yeah, and sometimes we're actually thrown into those situations. Yep. Thinking back to the corporate uh, days of mine, there's many a nights I was out there doing things by myself when... I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I should have probably had an extra body, but it was all hands on deck and everybody was in a different location working. Right. So, you know, you, okay. You're up on a, you're up on a 12 foot plus ladder changing some, uh, navigational, uh, light bulb that's required for flight and it's windy out and you're there by yourself with nobody stabilizing the, the ladder, you know, mm -hmm. and, we just climb up there and we do it and we accept the risk that is our job. Doesn't yep. mean that's right, but that's the situation we're thrown in. And you say, okay, well, where's my, who, you know, who will go grab somebody, go grab somebody from inside of the FBO to do that. I'm going to go grab some random person and, and do that. And any safety officer would say, yeah, that's what you would do. And when it came to the investigation, 
you know, the FAA would probably tell you the same thing. However, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, that's why we're emphasizing the subject of safety here because we we know it's, you know, it's easy to say what you should do, but we know the realities of our industry and how we work and how we're set up. And we know that it's just, it's all, many times it's going to be used. So that's why it's imperative that you act with uh, your head on a swivel and just slow it down. Yep. Slow it down. I know we're all under pressure to get a rush, but you know, the, the plane being ready 10 minutes late versus the plane never getting ready because, uh, because you never finished it because you fell off the ladder and broke your neck and nobody found you until six hours later when the FBO opens in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly that. Right. And, uh, another big one, uh, I'm, I'm adding to our big ones, <laughs> which is kind of already a thing is the fatigue piece, right? Say we're doing everything right. We're doing everything we possibly could, but we've also been doing it seven days a week, X amount of hours a day, right? That wears out over time. You start burning out, you start having issues and with the fatigue comes the stress (laughs) and all the other stuff kind of trickles in, right? And being uh, fatigued or having, or having some type of burnout, it makes it harder for you to perform things because you, you can't expect to go full gas all the time and then be too like pretty much running on fumes it's just not going to happen you start sputtering you start forgetting things you start uh, making uh, decisions that don't sound right or you know you're you're fatigued to the point where you have just enough juice to get it done but you but you kind of want to do it in the most efficient way possible and the right way isn't exactly the most economic way or well, at least in your tired brain, that is. And so, you know, you cut corners to try to get it done as fast as you can so you can get off the line and take a break or whatever the, whatever the case may be. You know, and that, that can be a cause from other things like, say, your diet, your sleep, your health, whatever the case may be. And all this, again, adds up over time. So, the, Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the health side of it. That's, that's uh, I think, a pivotal 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 subject uh, for this as well mm-hmm. you know we we always joke about surviving off of caffeine nicotine and hate mm-hmm. and yes that's true but that only carries you so long and 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 you know i'll, I'll put myself on blast here now uh within the last few weeks i've uh i've become uh, i've had some declining health problems and uh problems that i didn't think i would have at my age and now now i'm forced to make life-changing uh, alterations because uh, you want to avoid pain, pain, uh, injury, or worse. Mm-hmm. So, so do what's right and necessary to take care of your health so you can be as focused and, and as possible to do your job as safely as possible. Uh, you know, like, like with, uh, I'll just say it, I had, you know, one of the things that popped up for me was uh, gout. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, gout is a crystallization of the uric acid in your body, and it usually forms in the joints somewhere. Mine happened to be in my right big toe, and it made it impossible to walk. Uh, excruciating pain, some of the worst I've ever felt. And imagine, imagine now, let's let's use you, let's use the scenario where we're out in the flight line by ourselves in the middle of the night, and imagine 
gout that gout comes on because of uh, your poor diet and uh, exercise routine. And you're and let's say you're coming down the main cabin steps or whatever jet you're working on, you, and the pain's so excruciating, you just trip, you you slip and fall, trip and fall, whatever you want to say it. Your foot, your leg collapses under the pain out, you know, out of sheer pain. I don't know what you want to say. Mm-hmm. But you could fall down and you're not able to move or you hurt something worse. Then what? Then what do you do? Oh, my gosh. I think I broke my my leg or my ankle. And it's only me here. Okay, most of us have a cell phone now. We can call. But still, that's a reportable injury. Somebody's going to you're going to, you know, somebody's going to have to notify the carrier. uh, And it's just a whole big mess. You know, Uh, one of the other health issues I've had is high blood pressure. Same here. <laughs> uh, I, I woke up. I woke up one morning and I stood up out of bed. I hit the wall and then fell to the ground because I had vertigo-like symptoms, and it was so bad I couldn't even stand up. I had to just lay there and get my bearings and then get up slowly. And over the course of three days, I thought maybe I was just getting some type of illness and it wouldn't get better. If I even sitting still, if I moved my head too fast, I almost threw up. When I went to lay down in bed, if I laid down too fast, I almost threw up. I drove my truck to work, and by the time I got to work, I got out of my truck, and I was so dizzy from the ride there that I threw up. So I went to the doctor again, and they said, hey, you got high blood pressure. So here I am on a medication to reduce that, and hopefully I won't be with a lot of the other changes I made. I won't be on that for much more than another week. And, you know, all the dizziness is gone and stuff now. But I've had to completely revamp my diet and start an exercise routine again. Um, do it. Do it before your body forces you to do it. Oh yes, is all I'll say. You know. Sorry, oh. we kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent with the health thing, but I wanted to relay real world stuff as it could apply to the safety and how you can get hurt. So imagine, okay, you're up on that 12 foot ladder, and just as my dizziness came on with me, that comes on to you. Game over, Jack. You know, yep. You know, that this reminds me of a situation too, not just with health, but like self-induced health problems. You know what I mean? Like uh, example is like uh, not drinking an ounce of water. It's just straight caffeine uh, or Gatorade or something like that. Right. Like just nothing, no water whatsoever. It's just all the bad shit you can possibly uh, drink. And uh, there was this one individual. He was a heavy set individual and he didn't drink an ounce of water. And it was a especially hot day. And this guy was the only one not sweating. So imagine like a heavy set guy. And he and it's probably like, I don't know, like a hundred some degrees outside and he is not sweating. You might want to take yourself inside, man, because it's a hundred plus degrees in the air. And if you face plant, you pass out and face plant because of heat exhaustion or heat stress or heat stroke, you you fall flat on that pavement. You're going to cook like uh, like an egg on a frying pan, man. And I'm sorry to say, man, like. By the time we pull you off and get you somewhere safe. It might just be too much damage by the time that happens, you know, and. Case in point, he really did. He really did go down. He smacked his head on. He smacked his head on the tarmac. And like, oh shit, right. Luckily, there was someone with a with a go kart like uh, vehicle around. Hopped his ass in there. Took him straight to the to an aid station 
or you know one of those uh emergency shower stations that just so happen to have a first aid kit just start blasting this dude with water and you know like uh stuff wait things to cool him down with and all the other first aid for heat stress call an ambulance right off right off the way like we don't know this dude's if you know like we the worst is behind them right and uh, I can relate, especially with MVP on the dizziness, because myself, my blood pressure, my cholesterol, my everything fucking sucks. So I, I'm not I'm not at that point with medication yet. But had someone not tell me to cut it the fuck out and change your change yourself, it'd probably be way worse than what MVP is going through right now, <laughs> right? So again, with the health piece, right? Like uh, MVP said it best, like. Uh, do something about it now before your body does something, does it for you. And how all this relates to safety is it it, it goes back to the A, the dirty dozen and our intent to help you not have those situations. Right. And, and it's again, like we mentioned, like it can start off as something small, something simple, something that you probably just like, eh, if I just suck it up for 10 more minutes, it'll be fine. And then it just cascades so fast it, it rolls down the hill so fast and then next thing you know like you're face down on the pavement in 115 degree weather not sweating or something else like yeah, getting and, and i think we think you know we're invisible especially i'm gonna say this for for males primarily but i think especially in our younger part of our career we're, we're relatively invisible right and think yep. about kids. I mean, kids will bounce off stuff all the time. They're made of rubber. And you're like, God, that looked like it hurt. But they get up and run it off because they're they're made of rubber still. Yep. <laughs> and, and throughout our 20s, you know, males were, you know, we're nearly peak testosterone at that point in time. And, and we're up and down, jumping off of stuff, lifting things heavier than we should by ourselves. We're, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to go disconnect this high pressure hydro line real quick. No, I'm not going to run back in and get the the PPE and stuff. I'll just I'll put on my safety squints. If you don't know what those are, it's when you're about to do something that you think you, that you know is going to affect your eyes, so you just squint. Yep. You're like, ah, if I if I make it so I can't really see, it can't hurt my eyes. And <laughs> and so again, we think we're invisible. We're all Superman in our own eyes. And eventually, uh, the heavy hands of time catch up with you from living a, uh, a, uh, hard lifestyle like that. Yep. Absolutely. Important to take care of yourself and, and learn it young. And again, I was there too. And nobody can tell me nothing. You know, I'm a, I'm a young buck and I can get out there and whatever. And, uh, look at me now, look at me now on, on blood pressure medication. What a clown. Yep. Like I'm, I'm soft as fucking pillows now, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm overweighting on blood pressure medication. Yay me. <laughs> yep. Right. I, I'm the I'm that comparative thing where you know, like uh in health class when they show you an ounce of muscle and an ounce of fat, like I'm the fat now, you know. <laughs> look at yeah. this fucking look at this globby mess. Fucking guy. <laughs> this must be how Jabba the Hut feels. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so uh what can we do about stuff like this? Right? And we, we talked a bit about the dirty dozen, we talked about some how these lack thereofs or how these dirty dozens can turn lead into significant incidents like degloving, falling face first on the pavement or something major like a prop strike or engine ingestion. So like what's some of the stuff that we can do ourselves included to mitigate, if not severely or almost 
eliminate them altogether, right? I mean, it's going to be uh, a hazard one way or another, but with using these practices can help reduce your chances of, of incident, like by a lot. <laughs> um, uh, first one, we've kind of mentioned it time and again, is effectively managing your stress, right? Whether it's personal or work life, hey, you know, shit's stressful, especially for us as AMTs, mechanics, and engineers. We work irregular, sporadic hours, no sleep, strenuous work, you know, live caffeine, caffeine, nicotine, and hate is what keeps the motor running in upstairs, you know. That that all compounds with the stress, the exhaustion, the fatigue, the burnout, all of it adds up over time. And then and then with the stress comes the pressure. And these two things they compound each other. So finding your your um what am I trying to say? Like your most effective means to de-stress yourself. And sometimes that takes a little bit of discovery. Like uh you try video games, okay, that worked for a little bit. Try going on long walks. Okay, that tried that worked for a little bit, or whatever. Right. Well, like, that's actually a good point. I think it's. Uh, I think part of that is key is to keep changing whatever that is, and it keeps things sort of fresh for you too. So you're kind of always discovering maybe a new hobby of some type or some form of of uh, different you know stress relief. And then you know after you get through 10 different things you kind of reflect back and say actually that was my favorite one and then you go back to that for a while and yeah just or keep, you, keeps it different you know or you know like something like again with the discovery part like some hobbies or some uh practices you never would expect would bring you some kind of relief in my case was painting miniature models <laughs> right going yeah, going going full, going full nerd mode man like uh, for those that know me i have zero artistic skill absolute zero so i don't know what sparked me to like you know what i want to glue some mini models together and then as i glue them you know so you know what i'm getting kind of tired of looking at it as flat gray i mean let's just paint it real quick <laughs> and i started looking up all these different artists of how they paint stuff and what kind of uh, uh colors they use and stuff that you know that sounds easy enough right and granted it was a little bit of a money blow to kind of find the right um stuff that's well within my budget and I'm that I'm okay if I fuck this up <laughs> so once I start get going you would think like painting small ass models or like the size of Legos is stressful I mean it kind of is but it's that kind of meticulous um, work that's like but it's high rewarding like you see the result like right away so it's almost like my like our aviation jobs it's like high stress but high reward kind of thing <laughs> So like you see the result, like this is actually pretty fun, you know, and you just kind of yeah, play with it. And it gives your mind something to focus on instead of 10 different things at once. Yes. You're only focusing on that model. Yes. And I think that's what really is, you know, because like when you're because it's so small, it makes you have to really dial into it that since you're you're almost tunnel vision and there nothing else exists. And that's kind of like the Zen mode that I'm I'm so far discovering is the coolest thing about it. <laughs> nerd me you know like hey henry let's go hang out bro <laughs> a real engine nerd engine nerd yeah hell yeah <laughs> uh, what's a, what's another good practice you think there is mvp well uh for me we we just did an episode on stoicism so for me researching and reading on that's been uh calming it's given my mind to focus on improving myself you know mm -hmm. 
uh, and this would both benefit in and outside of work, but um, something I used to do a long time ago when I was uh, deployed overseas is after a long day, you know, I always read and I read so many books while deployed. And then once I come back home, you know, I, I rarely read anything. So I'm trying to get back into that, you know, what's a subject I've found interesting and I've kind of discovered that stoicism and to me, the readings on it and the philosophy of it's been uh, intriguing. So that's kind of what's taken my attention currently. Combining that with, again, starting an exercise regimen again. But for me, it's just going on walks in the evening time. Yeah. Speaking of reading, you know what else is a good practice? Reading the freaking safety signs. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Reading your safety manual. Damn it. God damn it, right? And not just reading it, right? But understanding what it's saying. It's, it sounds dumb, right? But here we are, right? Um, for example, right? Like pinch hazard or hexavalent chemicals in the area where proper PPE. I've legit, I've seen people paint with hexavalent chromium or chrome six for some of you guys painting this stuff with no respirators now yeah like why would you ever want to subject yourself because that stuff doesn't break down in your body no no it's like ingesting carbon uh fiber dust your body can't break it down once it's in there it's in there oh yeah and then and here they are just like messing away at it like they're just like spray painting a freaking a wall you know like how why (laughs) <laughs> yeah or i've seen uh we had this uh bearing grease we used at one point it was a uh, bray coat it was like this real gray it looked like anisees but thicker yeah and and guys would just stick their fingers in there and i always got made fun of because that is one thing i always put gloves on for when i would pack those bearings and guys you're not a real mechanic putting on gloves what a what a sissy and then I look on the back and I'm like, it says here in bold letters, extremely cancer, cancerous, you know? And I'm like, yeah. why, why would they like, why would you not want to put at least gloves on for this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just- no kidding. Right. Or uh, the, like say with uh, avionics equipment or electronic equipment, you know, there's a sign that says danger, electromagnetic radiation. Please stand no closer than, than a hundred feet. Or you know, or don't stand closer than 100 feet when lights flashing. I don't know. I don't know how what what some of you think that electromagnetic radiation is, but just just think of it this way: like X-rays are electromagnetic radiation, and if you st- if you get X-rayed longer than 10 seconds, you're gonna get fucked up. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, we, if you're scared to be around the nuke, they're basically doing the same thing with these avionics equipment that says danger. <laughs> electronic electromagnetic radiation right and again like understanding and reading and understanding what the safety signs mean and some of these they're, they're they try to make it as basic as possible where they color code the shit right red danger uh, I'll, I'll yeah i'll do even one better we had a maintenance manager a year ago uh we were doing i believe it was open cell fuel open fuel cell maintenance yep and uh you know, the policy states uh, put signs on the door and they're magnets, right? But it says, you know, uh, open fuel cell maintenance and work. 
uh, you know, approved entry required, please contact so-and-so. And then there was red flashing lights also on the door, right? That was part of the procedure. You had lights to like, hey, if for some reason you can't read, these red flashing lights are definite indicators that you're not supposed to go in there. There's something happening. Yep. And on top of that, we did it one better and stationed somebody by the door to to stop people from going in there. Mm-hmm. And this maintenance manager still went up, saw the signs, saw the flashing lights. The person standing at the door said, hey, open fuel cell maintenance. You can't go in, contact so-and-so on the radio. And that person went, yeah, but this doesn't apply to me, and goes walking in. And it's like, okay, nothing bad happened. It's just open fuel cell maintenance. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, even when you have all, all of your safety uh, precautions in place, you know, there's still ignorance and negligence, right? And uh, we went to the guy at the door and we're like, how did you let him in here? He's like, well, he's my boss. Like, he just told me to get wrecked and he walked in. And so it's kind of like, holy cow. Yeah. So, you know, even even with all, <laughs> even if you, you're operating as safely as possible, there is still back to those, you know, human factor errors. I mean, it, it, you would you would think like this is some basic stuff, right? And especially they dummy proof, as MVP stated, like red flashing lights, red sign, r- person with a red vest stopping you at the door. I mean, they, they uh, these signs, like it's, the signs especially, they're they're color coded for a reason. Red, bad, orange, bad, yellow, kind of bad, green. Hey, this is okay. Or green safety, <laughs> something, right? Yeah, it, was it blue RF radiation? You know, radiation's happening. There's some test going on that will radiate your that'll turn your insides uh, like it's a microwave inside a microwave oven. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. And again, as MVP stated, you know, like even with all these controls, you know, you got to factor in that someone is going to be either ignorant enough or arrogant enough to bypass those controls, right? And this kind of goes into another practice, which surprise again, have open lines of communication. Right. Uh, there's classes that every aviation entity has to take. It's called like hazardous communication. Right. It's not just for the hazards like oil spills and and x-rays. It's just understanding that if you if there's issues at hand, there's these procedures that you should and must take. And then you and then kind of put you into that exercise of communicating issues and safety features to the rest of your teammates because surprise again communication with your teammates is important no matter where and what you work on <laughs> right while you're looking out for your own safety look out for those around you too and they should be doing the same for you yeah like you see a guy like he like again with the one like he's walking towards the door with red flashing lights and a red sign that says do not enter danger hey guy like what are you doing <laughs> yeah Some, something like <laughs> Right. And then, and then, yeah, it's just, it's that, that, uh, sorry, my vision went red thinking about that situation. Yeah. Cause it literally came to that. Like I got, you know, I got a, I got a notification. I went downstairs and I was like, did you, did you really go out there? Well, yeah. I said, but all this was in place. What, what, what did that, when you saw all that, what did you say to yourself? I don't know. Didn't think it applied to me. What the hell, what kind of, arrogant egotistical god mode are you on right now you yeah know? like you know like <laughs> open fuel cell 
what are you not supposed to be breathing? What, what do you think that's what do you think that means? Tell yeah. me what you think that means. Yeah. Right. And and you know, they even put sometimes they'll even put a picture of a person inhaling fumes and it says like a big red sign like danger in inhalation hazard or some shit. Well, you think like right. you're just just because you're a certain pay grade, it doesn't matter to you, right? Like you just develop like some god lung or something. <laughs> right? yeah, what are you, the emperor of mankind and, and you're exempt to all that? Like yeah, right. Or like you just like you you'll die and then just re-manifest like nothing happened. Fuck. <laughs> Come on, man. Um an- another good practice before we get too hot blooded with this one is use the correct tools. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that my tug with vice grips to operate the throttle cable is not the correct tool? Is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> May I, I maybe maybe not. <laughs> oh my right? god! What is real anymore? Right or or using nickels, uh, for for a socket. Right, I feel, I feel personally attacked. Yeah, I'm, I'm attacking myself because you know, I've done it too. <laughs> right, or or you put a socket within a socket to to turn it. Hey, I've done that. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I've done it. Right, but I uh, I will freely admit that the situations where doing those things was either. I attempt or we all die. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. one of, it was one of those. It wasn't like let me just cut corners real quick. It was more like I have to do this or we all die. <laughs> so maybe not immediately, but that's kind of like the situation we were in at the time. Or but, it's like, hey, I really need to get this done because people are depending on this asset to save their life. Yes, right? Like um uh, medevac helicopters uh military helicopters for all you military folks out there whatever the case right like this this being up is going to save a life and me holding this up is endangering their lives even more right yes in hindsight 2020 i probably we, we probably should not have done that and we're and we freely admit that too but hey you know like at that current time the dire situation mattered way more than me and but again using the correct tools for the job right we've a lot of us, we brag about having X amount of tools. There's some individuals who really brag about the tools they got, like $800 torque wrenches or gold-plated uh, anything <laughs> or uh, certain colored boxes. We get oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. We get, we get it. There's tools for every job, and each tool has a, it has a proper use, right? If the correct tools are not used, you know, like that, that risks damage, that risks um, all sorts of shit. And that can lead to other safety issues too. Like say, for instance, using uh, vice grip pliers as a throttle <laughs> for, a, for, for a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, the, the consequences of that. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> I, re- I really got nothing on that one. That was pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, there's no... There's no reason to not use the correct mm. tool. I mean, uh, that's a lie. There's there's times when you just don't have it with you. And those traveling mechanics know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got one Pelican case full of tools, and you've got to stash, stack that with uh, kind of your most broad spectrum of tools. Or the stack it with tools that you can do the most broad spectrum of work with. Anything from an engine change to changing a light bulb, like yep. everything in between. So 
There are times when you have to get creative. I, I get it. Peace. But if you have the ability and the option and the time, always get the right tool. Yes. Right. Because they exist for a reason, right? The right tool exists for a reason is to make your life easier. And if it doesn't exist, hey, we just gave we just gave you an incentive to fight to make it happen. Maybe get some money, you know, hint, hint, wink. <laughs> yeah. The uh, good excuse is, well, well, I'm all the way over here and the hangers all the way back over there. And I don't want to walk back over there and get it. Not a valid excuse. Nope. Absolutely. Hey we're in an active war zone and we're active, we're getting shot at and rockets are coming in and we really need to get this up because we need this to eliminate that. Um, and you know, there's exceptions to the rules. Yeah. Right. But like, we're not going to sit here and tell you that it's not, you know, never do it. And we've never done it and it's never going to happen. Look, we know it's going to happen. We've been there. We've done it, which is why we're giving these examples. Yep. But it doesn't happen for every fucking thing, right? Like, don't, no, don't treat... Not, not every job, yeah. Right, yeah. So please, please, please don't take it that way. Uh, another, probably one of the better ones, most ignored, is wearing the proper protection. PPE, as a lot of people call it, <laughs> right? Uh, we were, I've been notorious about this myself, right? With the, the squint, the safety squints. I've done that plenty of times, right? And we've, we've heard a lot of... PPE has been probably used abundantly in the past three years especially you know with the on the offset of the pandemic and stuff right wear proper masks wear proper eye protection wear gloves etc as mvp mentioned like wearing gloves for you for using grease it, it sounds right. dumb and, and yeah and you might even your area of operation might have rubber gloves or nitrile gloves but certain chemicals require a certain type of glove made of a certain material yes so like Okay, we have regular nitrile gloves, but there's one chemical work that disintegrates those gloves. And you're like, Jesus, what chemical disintegrates that? They're out there, I'm, I'm telling you. But, oh, yes. But, you know, so wearing, <clears throat> so we've been in situations where we didn't have the right gloves. So the only thing we could do is a glove is better than no glove. So we would just have people, okay, double them up, and that would give you some, a little bit more longer working time. But then, like, every five to ten minutes, swap your gloves, swap your gloves, swap your gloves, you know? Mm-hmm. And we get it, you know, maintainers are out there, and they're going, oh, my God, it's so annoying to stop and work my glove. Well, it's that, or this disintegrates your skin and or causes uh, cancer over a long period of time, uh, and that could be a grueling, painful experience. So take the time now to save time later. Oh, yes, right? And then uh, also, like... Uh not wearing certain articles of clothing, right? Like loose fitting shirts, necklaces, certain jewelry, wearing your hair a certain way. Yeah, it, that's it, a good one. A lot of people ignore the hair side of it, but if you have long hair, good for you, male or female, tie it up, secure it. Yeah. It right. shouldn't be flowing in the breeze. Yep. And especially, you know, like it, it sounds dumb, right? Like, oh, what the hell, right? It doesn't matter. Guys wear, have long, longer beards and I have longer hair. I got it. I got it. Right. But, Depending on what you're what you're working on, right? It might be in your best interest to tie it up, secure it up, right? Wear a hat, something, right? Keep keep it uh, bundled up and together, because we've seen it where hair gets caught in stuff, hairs get sucked up, sucked up into stuff, and bad things happen. Like 
Uh, we seen individuals whose long hair got caught up in in uh, some rotating controls. Damn near almost fucking took their head off, had their hair not just separate completely from their head. They had a bald patch, but hey, better a bald patch than a scalp. <laughs> you know, getting pretty much a machine scalpeled, you know? Right. Or, better to look like Britney Spears in 2007 than the Headless Horseman. Yes, exactly. Or uh, um, other stuff like, say, like your hair gets caught and then you get sucked into something, right? Uh, we've seen plenty of videos about that too. It, it it's it's wild, right? So again, not just wearing the proper PPE, but also not wearing the certain type of articles of clothing, right? Rings, especially. Right, approach it with Murphy's Law. If it yes. can happen, it will happen. Yes, right. We've all seen those safety posters too, where like uh, some individuals are very well attached to their wedding rings, uh, and they say like, "Well, I'm gonna keep my wedding ring on regardless," and then the wedding rings that ends up being the the device to de-glove you, right? What I mean. Yeah, we, where I currently work, uh, a while ago, there that happened. Uh, a ring uh, de-gloved uh, a, a man's finger, and that man has become the a, a training visual for all new hires. Don't yeah. become a training visual. For all new hires, because what they did is they made him go at every new hire training and walk in and say, hold up his hand and say, this is the reason you take your rings off and your jewelry when you're at work. Yep. And, and so, you know, don't become don't become a, a, a visual aid. Oh, yes. Right. And it's not so much just like the embarrassment of being a visual aid. It's the fact that, hey, you got fucked up. Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're literally showing everybody how you how because you didn't do what was correct safety wise. Um, you, as they, as they say, uh, messed around and found out mm-hmm. and, and the worst case scenario happened. Yep. And then you, and you said it the very best at MVP, like Murphy's law, man, if it can't happen, it will happen. So do your absolute best using these practices and, you know, like being aware of what the dirty dozen is will significantly help you in counter in counteracting Murphy's law. <laughs> uh, any Anything else uh, you'd like to add uh, on this MVP? Uh, I, I think like uh, these examples are pretty, have been pretty morbid enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just look out for each other. Slow down, take the time, know what you're doing, know the inherent dangers of it, understand what those are, take the necessary steps to prevent them. Look out for yourself and look out for those around you. Absolutely. And we get it. There's some areas where like uh, they try to over safe stuff. We, we've been there too, right? Like I want you guys in, in full bomb suits or bomb style suits before you do work. Like, but doing so makes me not do the work, <laughs> right? We've been there too, right? So there's a dark side to, to safety as well. Hey, but, but hey, well, let us know what you think, right? Uh, what sort of stuff that we missed? What sort of things? that you feel safety should really emphasize on. And hey, since I brought it up, what sort of stuff do you think safety overemphasizes? Uh, let us know. And, and what experiences have you guys had in your own shop? What what uh, safety measures do you see in place that you're like, wow, this is really helpful. It's prevented a lot of uh, further injuries. And um, it's just, uh, it's not overbearing. And it, it's just become part of our it's become the norm the actual safety has become the norm i'd like mm. to i'd like to know what you guys are uh, experiencing 
Oh, absolutely. That's a good one too. But hey, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our social medias, our emails, our website, whichever is the absolute easiest for you to get a hold of us. The best way to interact with us is through our Discord via Patreon. We have all sorts of discussions like this. We get all kinds of safety images and stuff like, well, this happened, <laughs> right? Or this kind of stuff would have happened like near misses and whatnot in our Discord. So join, uh, sign up for Patreon, join us on Discord. We have all sorts of conversations like this to learn more and progress more and hopefully, you know, preventing more mishaps. <laughs> hey, on that note, we appreciate all of you for tuning in to us again and listening. We hope to hear from you soon, and we'll see you all again on the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.